You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. and think there must be more than this to life are you looking for more joy freedom and purpose in your life this is living a courageous authentic life with your host jennifer monahan many of us may be focused on getting ahead and achieving our goals but we may soon realize that something is missing jennifer was there and now she's here to help you reclaim your personal power find joy and realize your full potential now, please welcome the host of Living a Courageously Authentic Life, Jennifer Monahan. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. Welcome. Today, we're going to talk about doing versus being, and we hear a lot about these concepts uh, in, in our general life. Oh, you should be doing more. You should be more. Uh, but what does it mean, and why is it important, this doing versus being, and how can it help you live your life better? We're going to explore all of that today in our show. If you have questions or comments, just as a reminder, call in 866-451-1451, and we can hear your thoughts and explore more of this concept. So what is doing versus being? We'll start first by defining doing, which I think within the United States, at least, we're, we're quite good at it. Doing is this idea of getting things done. It is a very externally and forward-focused aspect of ourselves. It shifts the focus outside of us so that we can accomplish something. And it's really what we rely on to achieve different things. So when we're doing, we're doing things such as defining a goal, assessing, assessing a situation, and figure out where the gaps are in that situation that are preventing us from actually achieving our goal. We then do things such as figuring out what we need to do to fill in the gaps and putting a plan together to do it. And it may not be as... Uh, as much of a process as I've described, you may not actually go and write this stuff down or say, oh, now it's time for me to define what the gaps are and figure out how to fill in the gaps. But when we are doing something, we're mentally at least going through this type of a process. So we've defined what our gaps are, and then we actually take the action to go and fill the gaps. Once we fill the gap, we, we compare what we've completed against our initial goal. And if it's the same, great, we've, we can check off and say, oh, we've, we've met that goal. If it's not, then we may go back and redo some of the steps. So an example of doing this process might be something as simple as uh, deciding to bake a cake. That's your goal. You want to bake a cake. And you say, okay, I need to bake a cake. It's my, my friend's birthday. And 
what do I need to bake a cake? And this is where you're assessing the situation. You're saying, oh, you know, I need to have flour and eggs and milk and butter and cocoa powder and whatever else you need. And you, you go and you look in your kitchen, you say, oh, well, I've got the flour and the eggs and the milk, but I don't have the cocoa powder. There's my gap, right? I say, well, how am I going to cocoa powder? I've got to run to the store. And you run out to the store, you buy your cocoa powder, you go back and you say, okay, now do I have everything I need to bake a cake? And if the answer is yes, then you can actually go and um, bake the cake and, and say, yep, I've, I've met my goal. If you missed an item and you realize you didn't have vanilla, you might not might have to go out to the store again. Or you may say, gee, I don't need to bake a cake. This idea of getting things done and, and starting with a goal and then defining the steps and then working through them is great for tactical and tangible activities. Uh, we can actually check off a box and say, yes, I've accomplished that. As a consultant, this was the world I lived in every single day. But doing things also misses some other things, right? When you're living in this goal-based world, this doing-based world, you, you miss out on the, what I call the softer things, like getting a team at the office aligned around what you're doing or some of the bigger things like happiness in your life or love or inner peace. You know, when we think about these kind of things, it's not as easy to say, oh, my goal is to be happy and then take steps and make it happen. Uh, happiness is vague. It can be defined in many ways and it can change. Um, one thing that makes us happy one day may make us sad another day because, for example, if we lose a loved one, our favorite pastime of watching a sunset together that used to make us happy may make us sad because we're missing that loved one standing next to us, at least for a while as we work through the grief process. So when we apply a doing mentality in that process of doing to softer things such as happiness or love or inner, pace, inner peace, what may actually happen is we may have more stress, more unhappiness, because we're trying to apply a linear process that is great for external projects and works really well for external projects, but to something that is internally based and is not linear. And this is where being comes into play. So being is when we are still and we're, we're focused and aware, we're accepting and receiving and allowing, we're open. And when we're being, we have no set expectations on how things are. We just accept that this is the way it is in the moment. What this allows us to do is deeply experience the now and the present. This is, you know, being in the now. When we are being, we are acutely aware of what is happening to us right now. We accept the present and it allows us to feel centered, we feel connected. We feel connected to the earth. We feel connected to our bodies and our breath. We feel connected to whatever it is that is around us. We are aware and we notice things. So when we are in a state of being, it's actually very similar to being in a meditative state. If, if you meditate, you, you, again, are very focused and aware. When I first moved to San Francisco the first time back in uh, 05, I had been, prior to moving, had a very focused meditative practice. And for whatever reason, when I moved to San Francisco, I stopped doing that. I was unpacking and exploring San Francisco and really just loving it and, and having fun with it. And I had a conversation with a coach I was working with at the time. And I said, hey, I haven't been meditating. And she said, you know, 
you may not have been sitting down and, you know, in a cross-legged position and meditating, but from what I'm hearing, all the time that you've been in San Francisco so far, you have actually been in a present meditative state the whole time, which is a state of being. And what this did for me was it actually removed any fears or concerns that I had about moving across country to a new city because my mind was not actively assessing my situation against some preconceived notion of how things should be. And that is the gift of being. It allows us to remove preconceived notions. It allows us to remove expectations. And when we're fully present in the now, then we can accept what is. And we may not like what is, and we may say, okay, something needs to change, but it's, it's done from a state of awareness instead of a state of discontent. What being also does is it allows thoughts and ideas to flow through you rather than trying to force them. So when we're in a state of being, because we don't require any action, because we just are, we're actually detached. We're detached from expectations, as I mentioned. So we're detached from how things should be. We're detached from exactly what ideas we should be thinking. And as we detach, we become more in the flow and that calmness and that peacefulness that comes through, even when we're in a stressful situation, gives us the space we need to come up with new solutions. So think of being as a precursor to doing. Um, these ideas may not have been able to come to us if we were in a state of doing, but in being, we are open them. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation on being and doing. Give me a call at 866-451-1451 with your thoughts and questions. Stay tuned. Joseph A. Moylan is the owner of Ion Health, which specializes in very unique medical devices. Ion Health offers biomats, alkalife, and frequency machines. Biomats are a far infrared and negative ion emitting FDA approved medical device. With many different sizes available, you can place them on your bed, on a massage table, or on a seat in your car. It is an unobtrusive way to health. Alkalife machines are water ionizers that cleanse and raise the alkalinity of your tap water, making high alkaline water. Frequency machines utilize certain frequencies to kill viruses and bacteria. These devices are safe and effective. Coming from a health-conscious background and studying physiology at the Academy of Natural Health, Joseph A. Moylan has 15 years of experience in the health field and wants to help you live a healthy, long life. Visit www.ionhealthbiomats.weebly.com or call 765-520-2988. Don't let your health go astray. Get in touch today. Psychologist, master certified coach, and CEO of the executive and organizational development firm True North Leadership, Dr. Relly Nadler brings his expertise in emotional intelligence to keynotes, consulting, coaching, and training. He is the author of Leader's Playbook and Leading with Emotional Intelligence that lays out tips and tools for effective leadership. Dr. Nadler has designed multi-day executive boot camps for high achievers in Fortune 500 companies and has coached CEOs, presidents and their staff, and developed and delivered innovative leadership programs for such organizations as Anheuser-Busch, BMW, MCI, EDS, DreamWorks Animation, the U.S. Navy, and Vanguard Health Systems. To learn more and get your free iPhone app highlighting his tools with videos, leadership keys, visit www.truenorthleadership.com today. 
And we're back. I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan, and we're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life. And today we're talking about doing versus being. And one way to think about the the two aspects is that doing is a physical aspect of our of our lives and being as more of a spiritual aspect. They are opposites that need to live together, almost like a yin and yang. The problem is when we think about doing versus being is that many of us are out of balance. In the United States, we live in a culture where doing rules over being and the attainment of goals and material goods is highly valued. Uh, Being busy is valued and people brag about all that they're doing. Um, It's expected. Uh, People brag about the fact that they're so busy, they're only getting three hours of sleep a night, and that's commended and um, actually looked up to in our society. A couple weeks ago uh, during the show, I talked about shamanism and the role it plays in society today. And one of the things that I talked about was how many people feel disconnected in the world. And that is directly related to this doing mentality that is rewarded in our society. We're so busy doing that we don't take the time to just be and connect. So that imbalance is causing uh, this this disconnection and even causing things such as depression and anxiety. Our modern world, as wonderful as it is, does make it really difficult for us to find time to just be. We are connected 24-7 with technology, between social media and emails with work and being available by cell phone and texting and all of that. We don't have time to just be. We spend our days running from place to place and we have every single minute scheduled. We're juggling, usually juggling a whole lot of things. And the question that I have to ask is, is it that we don't think we have time to just be, that we don't deserve to just be, or that by doing, we are in fact being? And I think that's a question we all need to explore. I know for a number of people, it's around time, but then other people do feel that when we just, quote, just sit, uh, maybe sit with our thoughts or just meditate, that that we're wasting our time in some way, shape, or form, and that it's time that could be better spent doing something else. Um, And nothing could actually be farther from the truth. What happens when we're out of balance and and we're living a life that's primarily doing is we lose touch with ourselves. We also lose touch with our vision and the big picture of our life. So when we're doing, life becomes a series of tasks to be completed. We have a to-do list to check off, and that applies both for our work lives and our personal lives. We may see it more in our work lives. I know when I was working in consulting, I, you know, it was very difficult to keep the overall objective of the project in mind when you had a project plan that had a making this up, 150 action items and to-dos on it. You became very focused on those to-do items and you could lose sense of what the big picture is. The same is true for our personal lives. We may be so busy running around and checking off, getting the kids to school, going grocery shopping, doing laundry, cleaning the house, making dinner, whatever is on your list, that we lose the sense of why am I here and what am I doing and how am I contributing not only to my life but to the lives of others. As a result, our life becomes very empty. 
We feel empty. We don't feel fulfilled. Uh, without this connection to our larger, higher self, to our being self, um, we miss out on the opportunity to set the direction and to connect to source and to really empower and energize ourselves through purpose and joy. Now, while most of the United States is predominantly a doing mentality, there are people in the U.S. and around the world who are more imbalanced in being. They're spending a lot of time being and they're not actually getting to the doing part of, of life. And when we are living so much in our being state, we may never actually accomplish anything. We could become so focused on our spiritual aspects that we may become lethargic and unmotivated to do anything. We may have this attitude of, well, I'm thinking about my vision and I know what I want from my life and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And then we just wait for it to show up instead of stepping up and taking the action we need to make that life, life a reality. In either case, whether we are more imbalanced on the being side or on the doing side, the imbalance can lead to disease, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual um, imbalances. We may have anxiety, we may have stress, we may feel disconnected, we may feel depressed. We may feel like we can't breathe all the way because we're running all over the place, whatever it is. When we are in, in a state of imbalance with doing versus being, it can manifest within our bodies. When it's imbalance, uh, we can actually have a physical experience grounded in spirituality, but that takes work to get to. And I'll, I'll give you a personal example. People who know me and know me well will tell you that I am the queen of doing. I honed this skill when I was in college. When I was in college, I worked 40 plus hours a week while taking a full course load, while focusing on doing my homework and making sure I made the dean's list every semester. And, you know, because why not? I was also actively involved in or leading several of the school organizations. I scheduled every minute of my day. Literally, I would every day, this was you know, early stages of computer. I didn't have a computer at that time. I would take out a piece of paper and I would start at, you know, 7 a.m. to 7.05. Okay, I'm going to go brush my teeth. And then 7.05 to 7.30, breakfast, whatever it was. I, every single minute, I counted the time that I had to walk from one classroom to another. I was laser focused on excelling at school and earning the money that I could pay for it. And that's a wonderful thing, but guess what happened? I was so out of balance that I got sick multiple times. The first time I got blisters on the back of both of my heels. And within an hour, within an hour of getting these blisters, I watched the infection line, a red line go up from the back of my heels, almost to the back of my knees. I mean, it moved really fast. I went to the emergency room and they had to cut open both of my heels and, and drain the infection and give me some antibiotics and all that. And what they told me was that if I had waited another hour or so, I possibly could have died because, or at least had some serious complications because I was so exhausted that my body couldn't fight a simple infection. And they put me on bed rest for a couple of days. Great. 
you know, I then continued to do it again and again and again, and as a result, more bed rest. And finally, by my junior year in college, I was on full scholarship, so I didn't have to work so much. But I didn't quite learn my lesson, and I'll share more about that after the break. Uh, call in with your questions and examples, 866-451-1451, and when we come back, we'll talk more about what the imbalance of being versus doing can do to your life. Stay tuned. Renaissance woman, trailblazer, maverick. Those are just some of the words to describe Tashandra Poulard, owner and CEO of House Virgo Entertainment, LLC, a woman minority veteran-owned entertainment company based in Washington, D.C. Ms. Poulard served 10 years honorably in the United States Navy and departed from active duty to pursue her dreams of becoming an entertainment mogul. House of Virgo Entertainment offers script writing, producing, directing, DJ services, editing, and more. They cater to businesses, corporations, college students, working professionals, aspiring artists and nonprofit organizations, and employ veterans of the armed forces. Tashandra Poulard is pioneering the way we view media and taking her brand global. Visit her at www.houseofvirgoentertainment.com or call 281-515-3740 and like her on Facebook at House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact the symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. Today we're talking about doing versus being, and just before the break, I was sharing a personal example of how when I was so focused on being and not giving myself the space of so focused on doing, excuse me, and not giving myself the space of being, that it manifested in physical illness for me. Um, and that was a recurring theme in my life. So when I was in college, got sick multiple times, that went away once I got the full scholarships and didn't have to work as hard. Uh, and that's really the only reason why I think I didn't get sick anymore. I hadn't consciously understood the difference of doing versus being, and I hadn't consciously included being into my life. That that continuing theme of doing, doing, doing kept going on in my life. And there were points in my life while, when it was absolutely insane, but I was getting things done and I thought that I was being successful. And I thought I had a whole list of things to prove that I was achieving what it is I wanted to achieve in my life. But the, the kicker is that as I did all these things, as I was doing, 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 I felt less and less like myself. My life was an endless to-do list. 
you know, I, I took conference calls. I distinctly remember doing this more than once conference calls early in the morning. I was living on the West coast. My client was on the East coast on the roof of my house while I was cleaning my gutters out at the same time, because it was the only way I could get everything done on my to-do list. I wasn't able to see the beauty around me. I didn't feel connected to myself and I certainly didn't feel peaceful. This happens to all of us. I mean, how many of us have had the experience where we work like crazy before we go on vacation? We, we have a list of a hundred things we need to do in our personal life and our work life. We go on vacation and what happens? We promptly get sick and we're sick for the entire vacation. This is a surefire sign that we are out of balance and that being and doing are, are not as they should be in our life. On the flip side, when we're out of balance on the spirituality or the being side, we feel less grounded. Uh, I know someone who is this way. She's a wonderful person. I, I love her, but she's incapable of getting anything done. She floats about. She has some great visions and ideas for her life, but nothing happens. And she's sick now as well. And, and her sickness is forcing her to connect to her body and to actually start doing things. So sickness is a wake-up call where we really need to look and reassess our personal balance and say, what do we need to do different? And some of the things that we need to think about is, is how our society is and how we're taught, and I'm going to say programmed, and I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, but how we're programmed to move through life. And so the question is, what if we change the way we think? And what if we changed how we move forward through life? So think about it. When we meet someone new, one of the first questions that we ask or are asked is, what do you do? We place a great deal of emphasis on what we do. When we're talking to children, often one of the conversations that we have with them is, what do you want to do when you grow up? Do you want to be a fireman? Do you want to be a police officer? Do you want to be a teacher? What do you want to do? When we honor people, when, when we give out awards to people and honoring them for success, it's usually for doing something. It could be an act of bravery. It could be doing well in school and getting your top grades or winning a competition or a sporting event. When we come home at night after a day at work, our spouse or our partner or our friends may ask us, what did you do that day? What did you do? Or our co-workers will ask us, what did you do over the weekend? When a child or, or even a family pet does something that's considered bad or wrong, we may say out of anger or frustration, what did you do? Our mindset and our language is focused on doing and starting with doing. We focus on what a person does rather than who he or she is. And that's pretty embedded in our culture in the United States. But what if we started first with being? How different would our lives be if the first focus was on being, of connecting to who we are and connecting to our spirituality, of connecting to our higher self? What if we started by asking ourselves and others, how or what do we want to be instead of what is it that you do? What type of person do you want to be? That opens up a whole different world. The answer to that question alone could lead us down a completely different conversation with somebody. Instead of talking about, I want to, you know, what do I want to do? I want to 
you know, I want to be do law enforcement. Uh, I want to be fill in the blank. Think about it, a whole different path. So what do you do? I'm a dentist. Not much more you can say unless you need to have a crown replaced or are interested in teeth whitening products. But if you ask that same person, what type of person do you want to be? A whole new world opens up. They could say something like, I want to be a person who helps others or who has an impact on the world or who lives peacefully or who finds joy daily or who brings my passion for deep sea pebble piling into the lives of others. Whatever it is, what you want to be is richer than what it is that you do. It's deeper. It's more insightful. When we look beyond conversation to our life and our life path, this question of what do I want to be creates the doorway to that path. If I want to be a person who helps others, how do I want to help? What is it that I am passionate about that I want to bring forward to the world? It allows us to discover our passions and our character, our self and our values. And in my opinion, it's a critical question to ask ourselves if we want to find joy and happiness in our lives. So as a homework assignment for anyone who's listening, if you want to do this, ask yourself the question, what is it that I want to be? And then get quiet. Give yourself some space and some time. Listen to your heart. Maybe you want to get a piece of paper out, write the question on top of the piece of paper, clear your mind, and wait for the words to start coming in. And as soon as the words start showing up in your mind, start writing them down as fast as you can. When you listen to your heart, when you connect to yourself that way, you get the answers. And then with those answers, and only then, should you then begin thinking about the doing activities to enable this what you want to be insight. Think about it. How does this relate to my work, my education, my personal time? You can take this question, what do I want to be? And say, now that I know who I want to be, how can I bring it forward in my day-to-day life, in my personal time, in, in, in what I do at the office? And how does focusing on the type of person we want to be change the conversation and focus when we do something that's considered, quote, bad or wrong? Do we move away from punishment to actually reconnecting to the heart and our purpose? A couple things to think about. Call in with your thoughts and examples, 866-451-1451. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will continue this concept of being first and then doing. Stay tuned. For over 50 years, Evelyn Stapula has been a loving advocate for people with disabilities throughout the state of Pennsylvania. President and founder of Big Heart Bridges, her organization actively campaigns for legislation and support of civil liberties that meet the needs of disabled individuals with housing, transportation, and employment. Ms. Dupula has joined forces with a variety of esteemed organizations that advocate for the disabled. She serves on the board of the United Cerebral Palsy of Pittsburgh and the Governor's Cabinet and Advisory Committee for People with Disabilities, and she is a consultant for the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women. Her many efforts have led to the implementation of a transportation program for the disabled with the Access Paratransit System of Allegheny County. Evelyn Stapoulis strives daily to serve the interests of the disabled, to protect their freedoms, and enable them to live normal public lifestyles. To learn more, please call 412-491-2605 or email Evelyn at ers92645 at verizon.net. 
Attorney Renee Marie Smith is changing the way we sell real estate. She wrote a series of books called My Short Sale Guru Guides for all real estate practitioners. Whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process, an agent who has been handling short sales for years, or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business, Renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy-to-understand format. Through her company, Smith Title Services, Renee has counseled thousands of short Short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales. Her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike, and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues. Buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event. Visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at Renee at smithtitleservices.com. Isn't it time to sell your property today? Learn the My Short Sale Guru way. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan, and you're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life. And today we're talking about doing versus being. And the question I want to put out is if we recognize the value of being, if we honor and reward being, as well as doing, wouldn't we be more balanced and more well-rounded individuals? Something to think about. And if we take that concept of what do you want to be one step further and look at it as it relates to our cultures, there are places in the world where the culture is very much a doing culture and there are places in the world where the culture is very much a being culture. In the United States, as I mentioned, we are very much a doing culture here. Our value is derived by what we do, how much we do, how much money we make, the material status symbols we have. And in this environment, time is the greatest commodity. People don't seem to have enough time. They wish there were more hours in the day. The general atmosphere when we're in a predominantly doing culture is one of stress. In a doing culture, generally we feel guilty if we're not productive or achieving something or if our schedule isn't full of tasks. Uh, I actually struggled with this when I had my accident. Uh, as you may know, I was hit by a car while walking across the street. I couldn't physically move. I couldn't focus for very long because of the pain and the pain meds that I was on. My body definitely needed rest. I, I truly needed to be in a state of being so my body could heal. And yet I felt guilty even though I couldn't walk and couldn't move, I felt guilty about laying on my couch or being in bed and not doing anything. And I got to the point where I would make myself a to-do list every day so I could feel like I accomplished something. And the list was really short because I wasn't capable of doing much. And it might, in, might have included things like, I'm going to brush my teeth today, or I'm going to order dinner to be delivered today. But it was a list nonetheless. And it made me feel better because in a doing culture, if we are not doing, we don't feel at ease with ourselves. I struggled with this again when I, when I first quit working in consulting and moved full time into doing my shamanic and coaching and helping people live courageous life work. I had, because I had quit and was building up my business, I had these huge blocks of time where I quote, had nothing to do. And the guilt that I wasn't working long, crazy hours anymore was something I had to work through. So in a doing culture, this idea of stress and guilt of not doing is one that permeates most of our lives. 
in a being culture, our value is derived more by a person that you are. Your value is that you are a person, regardless of what you may or may not achieve in terms of doing activities. You are valuable as a human being. As you know, I split my time between the United States and Guatemala, and they're about as opposite sides of the coin as you can get. Guatemala is much more of a being culture, although this can vary within Guatemala itself, where, where I spend my time is in the more rural jungle area, much more being. If you go down to Guatemala City, it's like any large city out there, and there's more of a doing uh, focus in Guatemala City, although I don't think as intense as within the United States. So if you ask somebody in Guatemala how they are, you actually get an answer more than just, oh, I'm fine or I'm doing okay. They will tell you what they're feeling. They'll tell you the challenges they're facing or the wonderful things going on in their life. They view this, how are you, as a real question. And they share. So it's not a throwaway question as we often see in a doing culture. In a being culture, such as in Guatemala, time is much more expansive and flexible. The, the mentality is that there's plenty of time. Uh, in fact, my Guatemalan friends laugh at me because when I say, oh, I'm going to be there at two, I actually show up at two. Whereas in the culture of two, two is two-ish. It could be 2.30, it could be three. Hey, it might even be four. Who knows, right? But this idea of time being flexible and fluid is possible because the focus is more on being rather than doing. The mentality of manana, manana, tomorrow, tomorrow, it's always possible, tomorrow, allows that time to simply be, to rest, to relax, to spend time with friends and family. In fact, in Guatemala, connection with other, other beings, other humans, is highly valued as is spirituality. So they're, they're far more grounded in that aspect of themselves. Um, and in general, the atmosphere in a being culture is much more relaxed. People take the time to connect to themselves, to connect with others. When you live in one culture and then you go to another, it can be really frustrating. So me, as a doing person, uh, being dropped into a being culture, I have to continually remind myself, I have to continually remind myself that the culture here is different and that my impatience and my frustrations are because I'm bringing a different culture to their culture. Years ago, when I was in consulting, I had a boss who was from Germany, and Germany is very much a doing culture, and everything has to happen on time and on schedule, and there's a list, and we must get it done. And I'll never forget, we, I worked with my German boss with a client down in Brazil, which is much more of a being culture. And it was interesting to watch my boss get frustrated about the fact that the meeting was supposed to start at nine and it was nine Oh five and nobody was even in the room yet. Right. And so we talked through how the culture was different and it will all still get done and it does get done. It just gets done at a different pace. Now a person who is a being person and dropped into a doing culture will feel overwhelmed as well. So my Guatemalan friends tell me how who have been in the United States and who have worked in the United States, how crazy they think Americans are. 
And what, what, what my friend said to me is, you never stop working. You de- don't take time to sit and enjoy a meal. Everything has to be done right now. There's no personal life. And so this idea of being and doing cultures are ones that really highlight for us where we are out of balance again. We're going to take a quick break. Give us a call at 866-451-1451. When we come back, we'll talk about how to bring these two concepts together to live our own courageous lives. Stay tuned. Do you battle with weight loss? There is a solution. Founder of Weight No More Consulting, Deborah Simons, can help you lose weight safely and effectively through weight loss surgery. I know. I had the surgery two years ago, and I am 135 pounds lighter and medication-free. This full-service weight loss center caters to your every need as you navigate to a healthy weight following surgery. Servicing all of Canada, Weight No More Consulting takes pride in its compassionate care and guides you through each step before and after surgery. Starting with informational meetings, Weight No More Consulting educates each potential client before they decide to have surgery on the health risks of obesity and the various weight loss surgeries available. After surgery, Weight No More Consulting provides a solid support system with ongoing meetings to ensure continued success. Deborah Simons and Weight No More Consulting are committed to promoting your health and wellness through maintaining a healthy weight for life. WikiWags brings harmony back into your home for male dogs and their owners. Inventor and entrepreneur Linda Jangula has created the disposable doggy diaper wraps made with the male dog in mind. The built-in wicking ability prevents rashing and other potential health issues for your dog. Each wrap comes in four sizes and has dual reattachable magic tabs for easy adjustments. And each size has a 7-inch logo strip for adjustability so they are comfortable and easy to use. No more fuss, just leave the mess to us. Whether you're in or out, your dog will be free to run about. Stop cleaning and start enjoying your home, and you can even leave your dog alone. To order your WikiWags, visit wikiwags.com, or to find out where to buy WikiWags in your town, visit mywikiwags.com and start enjoying having man's best friend around. Welcome back. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And today we're talking about doing versus being. And the question is, how do you use these two aspects of our lives, doing and being together, to create your courageous life, the life that you want to have? The reality is when balanced and used together, being and doing can be very powerful. In general, when we're thinking about our life and what we want to create, being is a natural first step. Letting the vision and the ideas come to us creates the space for our vision in life to be even bigger and better possibly than what we could have imagined if we were trying to force it or if we immediately moved to doing rather than taking the moment to just be and pause and let it come to us. When we're open like that, it allows more to come to us. Being also allows us to see where our priorities are. Because when we are in a state of being, when we are open and receptive, we are connected to our heart and to our emotions, which then can serve as like a a, a due north compass point to let us know when we're moving in the right direction. So when we have several options in front of us, 
or if we're in the middle of some drama or intense time. We can actually give ourselves the gift of pausing as we simply be with the situation or stop to vision. So if if we have the ability by being and we remove the craziness and the frantic pace that we're immersed in in the moment, we then allow ourselves to connect, to reach our higher self, to our purpose and our joy. And by doing so, we can get peace and clarity. Answers can come to us. Ideas can surface. We can look at the situation that we're in objectively without all of the emotion, without the charge that it may have around it, and see the situation for what it really is. From that space, when we have that clarity, we can actually feel what is the correct path or the response for us. Pausing is one of the most powerful things that you can do in your life. It grounds you. It connects you. It gives you that kind of clarity. So, for example, if, as I mentioned before, if you're in a in a place where there's drama or it's an intense time, maybe maybe you're you're going through a, a big change at work and everybody's up in arms and kind of crazy and the gossip mill is going a mile a minute and you know oh what's going to happen and you know is so and so losing their job and are we going to have to change the way we do everything? We've all been in moments like that where everybody's kind of crazy. Rather than getting caught up into that craziness, taking that moment to pause, to breathe, to connect to the heart, to be, will allow you to see that this is just another change in life. And while you may not know what the change is going to bring, you know that you can always connect to yourself and feel your inner strength. When you begin by being, you actually end up focusing your doing and have a greater impact with the doing that you are doing because your doing is aligned with your purpose and your joy. So once you know your vision, once you know what your priorities are, once you've connected and said, gee, I have choice A and choice B, which choice is the best one aligned with my heart? Oh, it's choice B. Then you can say, now, what do I need to do in order to move to choice B or in order to survive the chaos that is going on right now in the office. With that clarity, you can define and focus the doing that you need to do. So you can see how doing and being can work together. And it's really cool when you think about being as a prelude to doing. So I'll give you an example from my life now. I incorporate the pause or the being into my life constantly. I check in with myself before taking action, before making decisions. And what I've found is that myself or my higher self, my being self, my heart-based self, whatever you want to call that part of you, never steers me wrong. And I've learned, and sometimes I've learned the hard way, to actually trust it. So when it came time for me to make a decision about staying in consulting or quitting consulting, I mean, my job was very good. I loved the people I worked with. The challenges that I faced kept me mentally engaged. But it wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling fully myself anymore. So I sat with it. I cleared my mind and I sat with the decision. Do I stay in consulting, continue doing this? I had a great career path ahead of me. Or do I do something different? As I sat with it, visions started forming for me in, in my mind a whole lot of what ifs came up, things that I never would have actually considered if I hadn't taken the time to pause. So what if I quit? 
What if I traveled around the world? What if I focused on writing my next book? What if I focused on the shamanism, the spirit evolution? And as those what ifs came forward in my mind, again, they were things that I probably would never have thought of on my, on my own if I were still in the doing state, I started to feel joy bubble up in me and I felt excitement and I felt this resounding yes within me. I spent more time with the what ifs and really began to get a picture of what my life could be like, different from being a consultant and nothing against consulting because I loved my consulting work, but it was time for me to change. And this vision that came forward from pausing allowed me then to step back and say, okay, if this is my vision, then what do I need to do and what do I need to plan in order to create that vision? Now, the key thing is when you have a vision of a life you want to create or a change you want to enact in your life, planning and doing is great, right? Once you have that vision, it's the only way that we are going to achieve the vision. But we also need to retain flexibility with our vision and with our plan and what we're doing. When we stay flexible, we say this is our vision and we stay flexible, we have the ability when different things come in that we maybe never even considered as part of our doing steps or part of our planning steps. When we're flexible, we can assess those different things and say, is this aligned or not? Does this help me achieve my vision? Maybe it shifts my vision a little bit, but what does it do to my heart? Do I feel that joy inside of me? Do I feel alive inside of me? Based on that insights, then you may change what you're doing. You may add to your doing list or you may say, you know what, this one thing that I thought I wanted to do isn't bringing me the joy. I'm going to release that. So the doing, and this is important, the doing is not about having a set end goal when you're balanced, but it's about moving forward towards your vision. And the same thing happened with my, with my work and what I was doing. Writing a book was never on my to-do list, but it came into being, that vision came into being when I was being and on the couch after the accident. And once the vision came to me, I was able to write the book. I wrote it very quickly in seven weeks and it became something that I did. And it became part of that vision of who I am. We're going to take another quick break here. If you have any questions, give me a call at 866-451-1451. When we come back, we're going to talk about how we can regain balance. Stay tuned. Abuse happens every moment of every day. According to national statistics in the United States, every two minutes, someone is sexually assaulted. And every 10 minutes, a report of child abuse is made. Those currently struggling with abuse, or if you know someone who has been the victim of abuse, you are not alone. Whether physical, mental, emotional, or sexual, know there is hope, there is help, there is healing. Author Tammy Hall has written a book from her own account of abuse called Journey of Courage that can guide you through your own personal journey of healing. Stop struggling through life. It's your story. It's your healing. And it can begin with the first turn of the page. Visit www.journeyofcourage.com to begin your path to becoming the person you were ultimately created to be. Healed. Hopeful. Happy. Horses, mystical, present, past, and future, all in one. Wild, free, domestic, and healing for everyone. 
Betty Hames knows this and has put her horses to good use with Nature Connect Equine Coaching. Her mission is to help people affected by the loss of hope and trust in their lives and to rediscover the wonders of nature through nature-connected learning so they can rebuild their lives and live peacefully with newfound hope, trust, and joy. Betty Hames is also a certified elite life coach, a Washington State certified counselor, and chemical dependency professional. She is passionate about partnering nature with healing, and through horses, she sees amazing results and transformation in lives that might have otherwise been lost. Call 509-830-9225 and visit her at HamesLifeCoaching.com. Hold your horses. You're in for the ride of your life. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. And today we've been talking about doing versus being and um, how many of us are out of balance when it comes to doing versus being and the impact of being out of balance and what that can do to our lives. So how do you regain balance? How do you get to a point where you are bringing both the being aspect and the doing aspect of yourself forward? Well, first and foremost, Figuring out where you're out of balance, and I think most people probably know that already. Uh, If you're more out of balance because you're not doing much in being, you're probably feeling stressed, you're probably feeling like you don't have enough time in the day to get everything done, and your life is nothing but a gigantic to-do list. Maybe a slight exaggeration there, but still, for a person who's more doing than being, that's how life feels. If you're out of balance and from a being perspective... You may feel like you're floating along, you've got some great visions, but you're just maybe unmotivated and not taking any action. So figure out where it is that you're out of balance. Uh, If you are out of balance in a being perspective, which is probably more people within the United States, I'll share a great piece of advice that I got from a mentor years ago when I first started out in consulting. I was so excited about the job. I loved what I was doing. I loved the people I was working with and the clients I was working with. And I was working every single weekend. I would spend hours working. And he saw that I was working every weekend and he basically told me to stop. He said, very rarely is there a need to work on the weekends. Use the weekend to relax, disconnect from work, spend time doing things that you love. The problems, the situations that you're dealing with from the client will be there when you come in on Monday. They're not going anywhere. But if you take the time to disconnect and really just connect to yourself and relax, most likely you will have better ideas on how to solve those problems and situations related to the client than you would if you did not take the time off. And I really took his advice to heart. I I began not working on weekends. It wasn't always easy to do. And there were times, quite frankly, where it wasn't possible to have the weekend off. But whenever I did that, I saw that it made a big difference. As long as I wasn't filling my weekend with a whole bunch of to-do list things for my house and my personal life. So where else can you regain balance? Start by being present, not by doing. Ask yourself, is this moment or situation one that would be enhanced by me being first or by me doing? Get the answer, figure out what it is that makes the most sense for that moment in time, and then you can act appropriately. So this you can bring forward every minute of your day if you needed to. Ask yourself, 
is this what I, is this situation or moment aligned with my purpose and my joy? And if the answer to that is yes, stop and be, be first connect, figure out, okay, if this is aligned, what makes the most sense then for me to do? Is this moment part of my daily living, such as planning dinner or, or washing clothes? If so, you probably don't need to connect to being and you can just do it and get it done. Set a time aside time every day to just be. If all you can get is five or 10 minutes, take it. Start with that. Five to 10 minutes can make a huge difference on how you focus the rest of the day. So focus on the present moment. Breathe. If you can, be out in nature and just connect. Get clarity and then you can move forward with the rest of your doing aspects of your day. Another thing to keep in mind is that being and doing is a cycle. We need to be, then we do. We be, then we do. Ideally, you can take take time more than once a day to, to be and do the be and do and figure out what your personal rhythm is in order to do so. I want to say thank you for listening today. Uh, next week, we are going to have a guest who will be talking about hypnotherapy and how that can help you overcome your fear and live your courageous life. If you have any questions, feel free to give me an email at admin at spiritevolution.co. And while you're there, check out my online course, which helps you focus on being versus doing and getting your vision and then acting on it. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. This has been Living a Courageously Authentic Life with host Jennifer Monahan. Listen each week as Jennifer helps you get down to the core of who you are, discover and connect to your inner spark, and bring that forward consistently and consciously in your day-to-day life. Here on Jennifer Monahan's Living a Courageously Authentic Life. been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.